Hi, and welcome to the Wise Healthy Bites podcast. I'm Beth. And I'm Catherine. With a combined 27 years of experience as registered dietitians, we're here to share real life nutrition tricks and lifestyle tips that we hope will inspire you to make helpful choices in the aisles of the supermarket and in life. This is episode number 15, get the most out of your kitchen staples. And on today's episode, we'll share important tips and reminders when it comes to the food we have stocked in our kitchens. Hi guys, and thanks for tuning in today. We are interrupting our regularly scheduled programming to talk about the important situation that's going on right now, and that's the coronavirus. Um, So in this episode, we wanna talk about a few things. So one, what exactly do those dates mean on your food packages? Because I think a lot of people, myself included, when we (laughs) see a date like that, it scares us into thinking we need to throw something away when it's actually probably just fine. Um, And then two, what are some, recipe ideas that we can make the most of with all these pantry staples. Uh, And both of these topics are really important right now because a lot of us are super stocked up on food um, with restaurants and such being closed. We're all going to be cooking and eating more at home. But don't worry, if you are listening to this episode later, once this is all blown over, don't turn it off. Um, This is all still very useful and important information for everyday life. That's right. Um, Yeah, so just jumping right in, um, you know, I think the stat um, that we have in here is just really notable, and it really indicates that more than 90% of consumers say they've tossed something in the trash that's been good because Mm -hmm. of that date on the label. And so I totally agree with you, Catherine, that it can be really confusing to know, like, kind of how to decipher it, and especially if it's past, like, is the food still potentially safe to eat or kind of, like, what line to walk there? Um, So, really, most food is wasted because of improper storage and, again, misreading and misunderstanding those dates on food labels. Um, According to the USDA, that's the United States Department of Agriculture, manufacturers provide those dates really to help consumers and retailers decide when food is the best quality. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, dates are not an indicator of the product's safety, and it's not required by federal law, except, of course, for on infant formula. Right. Okay, so let's take a look at what some of these dates mean. So, for instance, we have sell-by, use-by, best if used by and freeze by. So a lot of them, I think it depends on the manufacturer, like what date they want to use. Mm -hmm. But those are some examples of ones you're going to see on the packages. So sell by, that basically just tells the store how long to display the product. And a lot of it is just for inventory management. So what products go in the front, what products go in the back when they're restocking shelves, it's not a safety date. And then when you have use by and then best if used by, those two are pretty much similar. So it indicates when that item is going to be the best flavor or quality. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, it's at the peak quality. It's not a safety date. Mm-hmm. And then if we have we have freeze by, so that indicates, you know, if you're not going to use this before that date, freeze it so it'll maintain its peak quality. Again, not a safety date. Mm-hmm. So I think that's very interesting because because um, I'm definitely guilty of throwing things away. If it says use by, I'm like, it's out. Right, exactly. And I think kind of breaking it down like that and really understanding that a lot of it applies more so to, like, again, the retailer versus, like, actually the home user. And obviously manufacturers, they want you to eat their product when it's going to taste the best. Of course. Because if it's past that date, I mean, I still think things are fine. Like, they Mm -hmm. probably taste fine. But if it's too far after, maybe the quality's going to degrade and then you're going to be like, oh, that wasn't fair. You know what I mean? So, again, it's so it sends a negative 
kind of experience towards like, to that, that manufacturer. Or something. Exactly. exactly. So yeah, hopefully that breakdown of those different kind of terms that you would see is helpful. I definitely find that helpful every time I rehear it, and it's just like right? a lesson so for me. Too. Literally, none of them refer to safety. Yeah. It's all quality. <laughs> oh, so that's definitely good to know. I feel more confident now right? in uh, my label rating skills. So then, how do we know when it might be bad? Yeah. So just some um, basic kind of general food storage tips. Uh, really, for milk, um, usually it's okay up to a week after the sell by date. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and if, when my milk in, in my own refrigerator kind of approaches that, of course, I always do a little test. Yeah. I'll make sure it looks exactly. good um, to make sure I'm not, you know, putting I always do milk on my cereal. <laughs> let me tell you, you can tell if milk has gone bad. That's for sure. You yeah, you sure the can. Appearance, appearance you yeah. can really see. Um, eggs are okay for three to five weeks after you have brought them home. And again, this is assuming you've bought them before the sell by date. Right. Um, and actually, yeah. so one quick note about eggs. Um, so we actually had a question in our Facebook group about how to determine, you know, if eggs are still good or not. And I have seen this here or there. And it's something about like if you put them in a bowl of water, if it sinks or if it floats, like then, you know, it's good or bad. So I actually went to eggsafety.org and I found this information. So it says that an egg can float in water when the air cell has enlarged enough to keep it buoyant. So like mm-hmm. there's always that little one side of the egg has like yes. the little piece of air in yes. it or whatever. Um, so it does mean that the egg is old if it's floating, but it might be perfectly safe to use. So crack the egg into a bowl, examine it for an off odor or if it looks unusual um, before you decide whether to use it or discard it. So a, a spoiled egg will have kind of a funny odor to it. Um, and then when you cook it or if it's raw, you'll be able to kind of smell that weird odor. I can say I have eaten eggs six weeks past the sell-by date and I was like really scared about it, but then there's a guy in the office who works in food safety and the, the girl in there and they were both like, oh yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if I was at home, I totally would have thrown those away, but they were like, oh yeah, yeah, go ahead and use them. And then they were fine. Yeah. And that's just a great example. It preserved, you know, the waste and you were able to use it exactly. and, and kind of get the benefit out of it. And I've also, for eggs specifically, I've pushed that date beyond um, what's on the package and with no issues right. as Because well. again, that's the sell by date. Exactly. So that's when we want to just get them out of the store. Exactly. Still have plenty of time to use them. I kind of giggled when you said, you know, obviously an egg that may appear not typical, you know, like eggs and milk, both of them, I feel like there's no mistaking when they've gone they're bad, bad, they're right? bad. <laughs> um, you know, so then we kind of go into uh, fresh poultry, seafood, ground meat. Um, so it's recommended that you would cook or freeze this within just one to two days after purchase, or again, within kind of those user freeze by days. Um, and again, I feel like here I've pushed this because sometimes mm-hmm. you may not, if you're purchasing something on a weekend to prepare meals later in the week, you may not necessarily use it so quickly. Right. So it's just really being cautious and again, assessing what the quality of it looks like before you would use it and, and kind of discarding or, or doing something else if it's, exactly. if it's not looking good. Um, beef and pork, cook or freeze within three to five days. Um, and canned goods, I know right now, I mean, we're all kind of stocking yep. up, um, you know, ourselves included. So they can be stored anywhere between 18 months and up to five years, which is just incredible. And we talked about some of those things in our most recent podcast too about, you know, canned foods right. and, and how we incorporate them. And, exactly. and just like the shelf life benefit of that. Um, so some different things to kind of consider. Highly acidic foods, so tomato sauce, pineapple, for example, they would actually be um, kind of best within that 18-month time frame. Other things like meat, so maybe canned tuna or chicken, canned vegetables, they would last for two to five years when stored in a cool, clean, and dry place. I think it's notable, of course, mm-hmm. you have to keep them in that kind of um, environment and Correct. not near any heat or light or so forth. Um, and then discarding any cans that are dented, leaking, bulging 
bulging or rusted. Yeah, and just, just that's yeah. good practice. Yeah, because you don't want air to get in there and then bacteria to grow. So right, yeah, because then all those da- all those ranges don't yep, really mean a that's thing. That's out the window. <laughs> so yeah, so just kind of you know be cautious. Um, but again feel okay if it's a few days past those dates on the labels. I even know with like condiments, I'm, I feel like I'm going to throw my mom under the bus here. She keeps stuff forever. Yeah, I've also done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes you're like, you know, if you purchase something and maybe you don't use a lot of it, right. I sometimes feel like for condiments, again, you can push those. Again, yeah, I mean, I'm talking no like a lot or... and a lot and a lot and a lot of months. She pushes them and like I eat them and I'm like, wow, that was fine. I'm like, maybe I'm throwing away too many things. So <laughs> it's kind of an eye opener, but But it is, I do want to say that above all, the saying goes, when in doubt, throw it out. Mm -hmm. So you always want to be safe regardless. So just some other tips for in the kitchen. Um, Temperature is actually the most important factor when it comes to food storage. So if you don't have a thermometer in your um, refrigerator and freezer, maybe just get one to make sure they're at the proper temperatures. So your fridge should be at 40 degrees or below and your freezer should be at zero degrees or below. And keep them well organized, um, kind of like, you know, the things that you bought the most recently go in the back. So the Mm -hmm. things you've had for the longest, you want to eat those first. Um, Again, freezing any leftovers um, or food that is kind of near that Best Buy date if you're not going to get it in time. Um, And when you are freezing, try to wrap things tightly. The more air you can keep out of out of it the mm-hmm. better it's going to go because that's when you get like the crystals on it and stuff and that's yep. what's going to degrade exactly. the flavor um, another tip is really good and I don't do this and I don't know why um, just put a date on the food when you stick it in the freezer like I made a lot of leftovers and I made a lot of food in the past couple weeks and I froze them like bur- chicken burritos and like mm-hmm. soup and stuff like that I just threw them in the freezer mm-hmm. um, but easy to just throw a date on there so you know mm-hmm. and then uh, again when in doubt throw it out if something just you suspect it's not good if it doesn't look right if it doesn't smell right it might be best just to discard it i think in addition to the date you could even write what it is oh my gosh. i know occasionally <laughs> i've like maybe thrown a soup in there and i'm like hmm, what is, is that? that chili is that minestrone you know yeah. what exactly is in there when i thaw it out so maybe write that on there as well and you know honestly at this time i mean right now you know assuming you're listening to this when you know maybe your the kids are home and you're you know off work right now if you haven't done this in a while go through the freezer mm-hmm. go through your pantry start to sort through some things and maybe you can get yourself ahead of some spring cleaning yeah um, oh yeah this is a really good time <laughs> to spring clean be proactive you know the spices we could have a whole other episode on spices right. and herbs and you know oils and vinegars and all those things so maybe start to to start cleaning out your kitchen a little bit um yeah. so then we're talking about freezing and and some of those different best practices um thawing would then be something else just to focus on so there are kind of right and wrong ways there to are. thaw your food this is especially a big pet food peeve safety of mine. and quality like a huge pet peeve yes <laughs> Um, So one way would be the refrigerator, of course. So the refrigerator allows slow, safe thawing and make sure that thawing meat um, and poultry juices do not drip onto other foods. So you always want to put those at the very bottom of the refrigerator, not above other foods, especially foods that are ready to eat. So for example, you don't want to put a thawing package of chicken above your salad greens. Anything, yeah. um, Just for an example there. Okay, Um, just this morning, I had like a little drippage issue in the fridge and I have no idea what it was from. And so I was like totally freaked out by it. So I was like, and they're scrubbing. Like, I was going to say, it? and if something does drip, then right, you really want to like clean and sanitize it well. Because it, it dripped on the package especially. below it. Yes. Lesson yes. learned. I know. It's de- it de- there's definitely kind of a method to organization in the fridge, right? So again, maybe another little project for you if you're home right now. Exactly. <laughs> um, 
so then another alternative would be cold water. So this would really help to incur, encourage like faster thawing. So placing the food in a leak-proof plastic bag, submerge in cold tap water, and then change the water every 30 minutes. And then you want to cook it immediately after thawing. And then last but not least would really be the microwave. I think most microwaves have like a defrost yeah. um, setting. So try to use that. Um, and then again, after it's thawed, uh, you would want to use that right away, prepare it right away to full uh, the correct temperature and then in, in eat that right away. Yeah. And really, um, you, we should not be thawing things on the counter or in the sink overnight. Um, with if in the, You can thaw in the sink, again, with the water changed every 30 minutes. But if you're just leaving something in the sink overnight or on the counter, that's really not the way to do it. So. That's right. All right. So we're cooking. We're freezing. We're thawing. What about our <laughs> leftovers? <laughs> I mean, we're going to have a lot of leftovers now for cooking at more least at least we hope so, yeah. right? Yeah. So, <laughs> again, for the best quality, we want to eat most leftovers within three to five days. Um, I push leftovers to seven days, but seven days is like my magic number. If it yep. goes to day eight, it's gone. Yep. Um, and if I'm not going to eat it, if I'm not going to eat all of it within that seven days, I freeze it. Yep. So, like, really trying to reduce food waste here. Just a couple things I wanted to know. Um, recommendations from the USDA. If you hard boil eggs, those will last one week. Um, but even other things like casseroles, lunch meat, cooked fish, like most leftovers, they do say three to four days um, to keep those and then um, to eat them or freeze them. Yeah. And hopefully you're someone that enjoys leftovers. Yeah, I know that I definitely am. There's some people, though, that just really don't get on board with yeah, eating things like, multiple times. It and I'm like, what it is. I think it depends on what it is. No, I could pretty much eat the same thing every day, especially if it's one of my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so now let's talk about one of our favorite topics, of course, which is cooking Boo. and eating. Um, you know, so assuming you have some pantry staples on hand, you know, maybe you're tired of making the same old thing right now, but you've stocked up on some of those uh, very traditional types of ingredients. Um, so hopefully we'll inspire you with some of our favorite recipes from the Healthy Bites magazine, um, one of which would be a one pot mac and cheese. Mm -hmm. So for one, this is easy to clean up. It's family friendly. It's mac and cheese, right? So yes. who doesn't love that? Um, and it uses just five ingredients which you probably have on I was going to say, <laughs> I have actually all of those, including the kale, which yeah. you could leave the kale out if you didn't have it. Yep. And so we'll actually link to all of these different recipes in the show notes. We'll, of course, also share them within our Facebook group. Um, so the one pot, pot mac and cheese just uses pasta, milk, cheese, ground mustard, and then kale, plus some salt and pepper, of course. Um, and you could also use spinach if you had that oh, on yeah. hand instead of the kale. or you yeah, Just to get uh, some like veggies in there. Exactly. I do always note this because I've made this a few times. And and this is one of these recipes that is best when eaten immediately. Something about it when it sits, even if it's for a half hour or an hour, it just doesn't. It is like when you eat it immediately, it is like the best mac and cheese you're ever going to have. But Definitely. I feel like that's the same even for other like convenient types you know of what? like mac it, and yeah. cheese, like, you know, for say like package types right. of things. They are way better initially yeah, right. than like you're when you've reheated them. Right. So definitely yeah, cook and enjoy that quickly. Um, and I, I feel pretty sure that the kids will lick the plate mm -hmm. and you won't have leftovers of that one. There will be no <laughs> leftovers to um, So for me, I love chili and we've been eating chili on repeat. So if you really want to spruce it up, you know, maybe take it a different direction and do our skillet chili mac mm -hmm. recipe. So this uses, again, very classic staples you'd find in chili, the beef, the canned tomatoes, the tomato sauce, the beans. You could use canned uh, corn or you could use frozen and thawed corn. Um, maybe you have that from the store or maybe you've frozen that from last summer. So yeah. that would be a nice little touch. Yeah. Um, and then um, you would add pasta into this. So this again is so easy. It cooks right in a skillet. Mm -hmm. Very little mess. 
Um, it makes a very large batch, it too. Makes so you real, probably it makes have leftovers of, food, of this. Yeah. Um, and also to know in our very current edition of Healthy Bites Magazine, that's the March-April uh, edition, um, we do have a special feature that includes three different weeknight pasta yes. dishes. One that has chicken, one that's plant-based and uses beans instead of meat, and then one that has shrimp. So again, yeah, pasta, you probably have that right now in your is, pantry. Yeah. And all the time, I would it's, say. I know. I, it is in my pantry all the time. Agreed, yeah. Not just now. So, yes. um, so our next pantry staples would be oats and peanut butter. So I feel like most people have those actually all the time in their pantry. And the possibilities are endless. It's real, <laughs> I know. So what we are making out of these are ener- no-bake energy bites. And actually, at all times, I have snack baggies of these in my freezer. I think mm. I have like 10 little snack baggies in my freezer right now um, because it's a quick snack. Like if I'm literally running out the door and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm starving and I didn't realize it, you know, grab those or it's just always on the ready and you can eat them while they're frozen. I did that yesterday to be honest. And they're great to involve the kids. Like yes. try to keep them occupied. They oh, can kind yes. of like incorporate some of their own favorites. You'll see this is very customizable. Right. Um, you know, if so, you want to shake it up. So right. get the kids so in the, there. The basic recipe is that you mix oats, peanut butter, ground flaxseed, honey, and vanilla you know that's your base recipe for all of the energy bites and then you put up to three add-ins in there so my favorite add-ins are chocolate chips are always on the list Mm -hmm. every time i make the energy bites there's chocolate going in there yes um and i use like a whole wheat check cereal because it's really crunchy and then some sort of dried fruit so i've Mm -hmm. used cherries i've used apricots you could use raisins like again whatever you have um so it's a really really tasty snack I love that. And also, you know, it could be fun. You may even have like a little, you know, if you have a kind of, again, the whole family's at home, maybe do a little bit of a challenge. Like everyone can make oh. their own variety. And then, you know, maybe there's like some secret judging going on. Oh my gosh, on that's to, a great to idea. To pick the best, um, you know, combinations. Yeah. Um, and I think another way just to, I mean, obviously peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are super easy, kid friendly. Um, something I like to do too is just to maybe skip the jelly, add some fresh fruit in there, like sliced apple, banana, right. or even strawberries just for a way to use up the fruit and also add a little bit more nutrition. Um, yeah. You know, most kids will go for that too. Yes, um, yes. Another pantry staple, and I have to admit, I've been eating these more frequently recently as mm-hmm. well, and that's chickpeas um, or garbanzo beans. Um, so we have a recipe for roasted chickpeas, which are just a really great um, snack that you can, again, season to your own preferences. Uh, it's a good alternative to like pretzels or, you know, other types of snacks you might mm-hmm. be noshing on right now. Right, and the, the crunchy roasted chickpeas are a very popular pre-packaged snack in the grocery store right now. That's a great point. And this is like a way cheaper, way cheaper way to make them on your own. Definitely. And you can make a much bigger batch and really kind of season them to your preference. And so all you have to do is um, preheat the oven to 425 degrees, line a baking sheet with some nonstick foil, toss those chickpeas with just a little bit of olive oil and then your seasonings. And first you really do want to make sure they're nice and dry. So Mm. the olive oil sticks and that then your uh, seasonings stick in so they crisp up nicely when they're in the oven. Um, And then pop them into the oven for about 40 minutes and keep stirring until they get nice and crunchy. So you can cook them a little bit longer, maybe a little bit under that time frame um, if you want a little bit more of a tender uh, texture. But again, experiment and and see what works best for you. Um, And even, so what I've been doing with chickpeas personally is adding them to different pasta dishes, salads, cooked grains, just as a way to get more plant-based protein and fiber if I don't feel like dealing with meat. This is a really easy way to do it with no muss, no fuss. Um, So chickpeas are good for that. And I feel like they're 
to me, they're just a little bit more hardier, meatier than other I was, beans. Oh my God, I was just going to say the word meatier. Yeah, maybe just it's just because chick that. is in there and I'm I thinking chicken. I, I don't know what it <laughs> is. Like, where's she going with this? <laughs> <laughs> All over the map. Oh. Um, but too, in the, the March, April magazine um, that's oh, yeah. out right now, we have kind of a feature on chickpeas, chickpeas. that you may be interested in checking out. Yeah. So it, They're like the new kale. You know how kale was like so popular forever? Yeah. I feel like chickpeas are the new up and you coming. You can do anything with them. Yes. So what's our next staple? Okay, actually, I'm just looking at this. I think it's really funny because you're talking about the things you love and I'm talking about the recipes I love. And like, we did not pre-plan that. That's right. So our last pantry. <laughs> team. Oh, not our last pantry staple. There's one more. One more. Yep. Um, would be whole grains. So like rice, quinoa, other grain blends, things like that to make a grain bowl. Um, and I know I've talked on previous episodes that I love the idea of these bowl meals. So actually, I have some just like rice cooked in my um cooked right now in the fridge i put i cooked some chicken in the crock pot and then i'll heat those up i'll put like some lettuce over it i have actually some beets in my fridge right now i've been trying to like branch out this beets i know um, ever since we talked about beets (laughs) so like just throw all the veggies in there and like a little bit of sauce or even like um jarred salsa would Mm -hmm. be a perfect way to flavor all that up Mm -hmm. um but when it comes to grain bowls i mean the possibilities are endless you can put any grain any protein any veggie any sauce like throw it all in and you've got a delicious meal yeah you know honestly too one of my secrets for adding flavor to greens is a couple spoonfuls of hummus <gasps> I knew you were going to say that I, I bet you did because I, I have shared that tip before and I do it on, you know again regularly but if you're cooking plain you know rice or any of these greens and it doesn't have a seasoning packet you can kind of be stuck That's on how true, to add flavor yet. so I like garlic powder maybe a little bit of olive oil um, you know of course a little salt and pepper um, but the hummus just really kind kind of stirred through it. I don't know, yeah. just kind of like melts and in we, there. And you know what hummus is made of? Yes. Chickpeas! Chickpeas! Oh my gosh, I didn't think about that. <laughs> and I think it's the tahini, the sesame paste yeah. too that's in there just, just really kind of uh, turns the flavor up. But yeah, chickpeas, I didn't even think about that. We are yeah. really loving on we those loving uh, on legumes today. Um, and then kind of our last staple would be um, overripe or even frozen bananas. Um, you know, so we have a really fun recipe I think that the kids would enjoy. I know we've enjoyed yeah. this as well. Um, so it's for bananas now air quotes, ice cream. Um, so it's literally a, a blending frozen bananas in a food processor until they're creamy. And they kind of have like, um, I guess if you want to call it like an ice cream it is. texture. Yeah. So you start with frozen bananas. Yes, they Did have to be frozen. That, yeah. um, but it's good to reiterate that <laughs> yes. so we don't mislead. Um, and then, so once they're nice and processed, they're creamy. And then you can top them with nuts, chocolate chips, of course. You know, yeah. any varieties of toppings maybe you would like is, you know, you would use on ice cream. Even sprinkles. So have a little fun with it. Um, and of course, overripe bananas. I mean, I think of smoothies because again, if you have some different frozen fruit right mm-hmm. now that's been like stocked up on, um, we've been fresh fruit that's about to be exactly. past its prime. Yeah, smoothies are a great way to cut back on that food waste. Great point. Um, so we have a peanut butter, oat, and banana smoothie recipe. Again, mm, that's a tasty that's option a for kiddos. One. So we talked about peanut butter earlier. We talked about oats, and now we're talking about the bananas. So you can bring all those three together um, in this smoothie recipe. And again, kids can have fun helping to make it as well. Um, and it's just a good little satisfying snack for yeah. breakfast. So speaking of the kids, um, a lot of them are home from school mm-hmm. right now. So we just want to share, this is our last kind of thing, a few fun ideas to um, get the kids, you know, in the kitchen more, you know, just 
a way to spend some time, but also learn while doing it. Mm-hmm. So um, my favorite idea is to do a scavenger hunt with the kids in the kitchen. So they need to find a food or an item that starts with every letter of the alphabet. So this could help them with letters, obviously, mm-hmm. spelling, if you mm-hmm. make them write it down, um, just like kitchen lingo in general. Mm-hmm. Maybe they like open a drawer and I, they don't know what that utensil is called. Okay, now you tell them what it's called. Okay, right, what right. letter is that going to go right, under? Right. You know what I mean? So, yep. like, really fun. As I was, as you were talking there, I was just thinking, what would be Z? And then <gasps> I thought, what? Zester. A zester. <laughs> there you go. So, Maybe if you have, have a zester, put that yes. on your scavenger hunt. <laughs> X might be a little hard. You might have to get creative. Maybe something that sounds like X. Yeah. I don't know. I can't think of anything. Express cooked. Grains? Expre- espresso. Maybe oh, if you yeah. have espresso, if you drink coffee, something like that. I so, don't anyways, know. <laughs> look, we're already like we're like doing this ourselves right now. So that I this think could would be good for kids and adults. And, and adults, <laughs> yes. Um, so that's a fun one. I think another fun one is maybe grab like a couple fruits or veggies you have in the fridge. Maybe blindfold the kids. Um, have them try to guess what it is based on just feeling it. Maybe smelling it. Maybe if they're brave, they could do a blind taste test and see if they can identify what it was. Um, and then, obviously, every edition of our Healthy Bites magazine has a Kids Bites activity in it. This goes way back in time. We always have a Kids oh, Bites. Yeah, and we have oodles of archives oh, my for gosh, that yes. magazine. Yeah, yes. so if you just go to healthybites.wisemarkets.com, you'll find our past couple years of issues in there. Scroll to the Kids Bites. Sometimes there's a recipe. <laughs> sometimes it's an activity. The current one has a crossword puzzle mm-hmm. in it. Um, so you'll find something for the kids to do in there. Yeah, that's a great tip. And, uh, you know, the, uh, the suggestion of the kind of blind taste test. I mean, a number of the dietitians have performed this type of activity at different community events, mm-hmm. and it always goes over so well. Yeah, so I it's think actually it would really be fun. a fun one to do at home as well. Yeah, so, um, so takeaway tip, gosh, it's, it's always hard to narrow it down, but I feel like above all right now, it's just really important to focus on your health, that of your family, you know, be a good neighbor if you can, think of the health of those around you, um, really do your best to eat healthfully. So for one that you feel your best, and so that can lead to keeping a better attitude, having a positive outlook during during this challenging time. Um, and just also knowing that we're here for you. Um, yes. We always share our contact information, which we will in just a moment, but reach out if you need more ideas, if you're, you're looking for more um, recipe suggestions or just kind of need some some tips and support. And we're also, you know, just always here for you. Yep, in our Facebook group, um, I will mention that we're trying to post um, things for kids to do, things for adults to do, those like comfort recipes maybe, because we're in a kind of an uncomfortable time right now. So yes, all really good stuff. But thanks everyone for tuning in. You can get in touch with us by joining the Wise Dietitians Facebook group. Simply search for Wise Healthy Bites on Facebook or you can email us at wisedietitians at wisemarkets.com. The information shared in this podcast is intended for education only and is not intended to be a substitute for a medical diagnosis or treatment. The Wise Markets Healthy Bites podcast is owned and distributed by Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Corporation. Any rebroadcast or other use of this podcast without the express written consent of Wise Markets and Sunbury Broadcasting Incorporation is strictly prohibited. Please click subscribe so you won't miss a single episode.